Hey there. Welcome to the People of LinkedIn podcast. I'm your host, Ben Yan. Every episode, I chat with someone who's not your average 20-something-year-old about their passions, projects, and pursuits. We go through their past, present, and future to figure out what makes them tick. So far, we've had guests ranging from Nick Bastron, who made his own major in college and is now a full-time pastor, to LJ Troilo, who's been running his own business since elementary school and left a full ride in college to pursue his startup full-time. I hope you stick around and enjoy the show. Talking with me today is Danny Marks. He recently graduated from Penn State and was the captain of the men's varsity soccer team for three years. He's a role model in our community and highly regarded by both his teammates and peers. When I mentioned to a few of my friends that we'd be chatting, I was met with nothing but overwhelmingly positive comments. In our short one-hour conversation, Danny struck me as one of the most articulate and well-spoken people I've ever met, and had insights much deeper than most people our age. We talked about his multicultural upbringing, passion for soccer, experiences in the Israeli Defense Force, and making the transition from student-athlete into the professional world. This was definitely one of my more special conversations, and I hope you enjoy. Soccer has been kind of part of your life for the majority of it, or at least in the past couple of years, it's been your priority, I would say, right? Where, where did the passion for soccer even start? Uh, first of all, my love for soccer is maybe innate in me. Um, first of all, my name is my middle name is Pele. Um, so yeah, Pele was one of the, if not the greatest soccer player of all times. Um, it actually means um, magic in Hebrew, Pele. But my dad also liked Pele, likes Pele, the player. So it worked out both ways. Uh, so maybe I was destined to be involved with soccer um, as soon as I was born. And also being born in London, um, uh, soccer is the sport in England. Um, and my dad was always a soccer fan, a in his younger years, a hardcore Manchester United fan. So I was born into that. And as soon as I was even like a very young toddler, I remember uh, watching games with my dad and always being fascinated by um, watching Man United games and watching the leaders on the field, guys like, um, I'll use names that will um, ring a bell, David Beckham, for example. Um, many people think of David Beckham as this pretty boy model type guy, but I, I see David Beckham who, as a fighter on the field. So those people really um, drew, drew me into the game. And in terms of bouncing around countries, so yeah, I was born in England, and when I was three years old, my family moved to Israel. Um, we're a Jewish family, and my parents always uh, loved Israel and wanted to raise a family in Israel. Um, so I had an older brother who was five at the time. I was three years old, and my younger brother was just born. He was one, and my parents decided to do it at that time that that was the time it was then or never yeah. um, so they packed the bags and they moved to israel and it was a great decision in my opinion um yeah it turned out well i have a younger sister as well so they raised a very good family um so that's what took me to israel in terms of bouncing around other places um, i went to high school in switzerland because i was actually scouted and recruited by a swiss academy team 
um, in Bern, Switzerland. And so at 16, they came knocking and it was a chance for me to pursue my dream, an opportunity. And um, I was young, but I honestly did not think twice about it. As soon as I had the opportunity to step forward and a chance to pursue my dream, I went for it. So even at 16, I was like, okay, I'm going. And my parents supported me 100%. And it was it's a tough thing for a family to have like one of the children just get up and leave. Um, so it was definitely tough on the family, tough on me as well, because, you know, young boy leaving home is pretty hard. Um, but I'm very happy I did it and I would do it over again 100%. Um, so that's what took me to Switzerland. And playing there, I went to high school there and it was great. Um, and then I had to return to Israel because uh, we have a mandatory military service. Um, and there's no, there's no way to get out of it. Um, being in Switzerland, in my unique situation, living there, we thought, my family and I thought that we'd be able to um, arrange some solution uh, that would fit my situation, but it was tough to do that. They don't really care for your um, personal um, ambitions or pursuits in life. Uh, so anyway, I had to show up day one, age 18, back in Israel, um, show up to boot camp. Um, I did my time, and during my time in the military, I was still playing soccer. Um, semi-professionally, it was um, tough to balance military full-time, basically a full-time job in the military and playing as well. So yes, I'd miss games, I'd miss training sometimes, but I'd try to scrape as many hours um, of soccer that I could. Um, and during that time, I was looking for a way forward um, because I felt kind of stuck in my life and because soccer was my life and I wasn't where I wanted to be in life at that point, age 18, 19, professional age um, in most of the world. And at that point, I wanted to be at a much higher place to where I was in terms of level, in terms of uh, opportunity, in terms of money, um, all around. I thought that by that age, I'd be performing at a much higher level in a much better place and I wasn't and I was looking for I didn't want to waste my time and I was looking for an opportunity elsewhere um, to move out of there so so during that time I was looking for opportunities and I heard about through a friend friend of a friend I heard about college soccer and what an amazing experience it is to live in America go to school uh, play D1 soccer as well um, so I started learning about it and I decided that I wanted to do it and I made it a goal of mine to come to America and I was and I am very lucky that it ended up being Penn State because I always say I knew nothing about colleges universities in America I knew the famous the ones like uh, the Ivy League schools Harvard Yale I knew those through uh, movies mainly uh, but besides that I didn't really know anything about um, universities, colleges, and more than that, I knew nothing about collegiate sports, NCAA, nothing. I didn't know anything, so I just took, I gambled, and I decided to do it. Again, leave home, leave everything, uh, move to the other side of the world um, to pursue success, pursue my dreams, and I ended up here, so I'm very lucky that it worked out with Penn State, uh, with Coach Warming, who was a coach here at the time who recruited me. Um, 
so yeah, so soccer took me around um, very interesting places. And throughout my years playing in Israel and Switzerland, um, even here, I've traveled so many places. Here, I've seen so many states. Um, been to Canada with my team at Penn State. Um, Switzerland, when I played in Switzerland, we traveled to Italy, Germany, France to play games, which is awesome. When I played in Israel, we traveled to Holland, Cyprus, um, a bunch of very interesting places. And so soccer really provided me with a platform and exposure to so many things that I probably would not have experienced uh, doing something else. In all those places you've been, especially, I think, the IDF, like, do you think that's shaped you as a person? That I'm sure that's in those two years that's changed you in some way. Do you think in a positive manner and a negative manner because you were taking time off from soccer, like maybe you would have been at a higher level if you played at an academy team those two years. But do you think there are also positives from being in the IDF and learning those leadership skills that you might have not gotten if you didn't go? It's not very convenient um, having something imposed on you uh, when you're trying to do something specific that requires your full uh, focus and attention. Um, so the military coming in and saying, okay, you have to show up and be here and there's no choice but to um, abide by the rules of the military and of the country. Um, so as a soccer player and or anyone else pursuing a specific um, route in life, it's tough to deal with, but there's a lot of positives as well. Um, just the fact that you're 18 years old and you have to do, you have to join this system and it teaches you, um, it teaches you work ethic. Um, it teaches you discipline, lots of discipline because you have to manage, you know, you have to grow up and you're given responsibilities as an 18 year old where in, where most places in the world, you don't any Western country, you would not get those responsibilities as an 18, 19 year old. Real responsibilities where you oversee people and you're responsible for people. Um, I wasn't a combat soldier, but you have 18 year olds who are combat soldiers who are responsible for other people's lives. Um, so I think you grow up much faster than, for example, 18 year olds in America. Yeah. And it has its pros and cons for sure. Um, but one of the good things about the military is that it helps a lot of people, it shapes a lot of people and me. And I think it definitely wasn't convenient for my situation, but I learned a lot. And again, always like looking back, even though I was very upset at the time and I was uh, felt stuck and it wasn't where I wanted to be. Looking back, it was a great experience for me uh, to develop and learn um, just by meeting new people, working for people, working with people, overseeing people, um, even like the fact that I had to do things that I didn't want to do. I think it's a very um, good lesson and a healthy lesson for people to go through the discipline of doing stuff that you don't want to do. I think Dan is being quite generous when he calls the mandatory service inconvenient. He worked as a tank and automatic weapons engineer and electrician, doing a lot of maintenance, and the equipment that he was working on was usually pretty old and always required something to be fixed. For many of his peers, a day at the base would already be tiring enough. But Danny, of course, was playing soccer. So here's what it was like trying to pursue his passion while also meeting the obligations to his country. Uh, my team used to train usually around 3 p.m., uh, which was very tough for me to manage. So I remember days where I'd show up 
to start working in my base around 7 a.m. and do as much as I can in order to be allowed to leave for those maybe uh, two hours to go and train with my team. Um, so I'd work as hard as I can, trying to fix as, as many things as I could and uh, be as, as efficient as I could. Um, and and then seeing it was like 2.15 and I have to go uh, because it was like a 45-minute ride away from me, um, taking buses and trains, trying to get there on time. And my I, remember, yeah, I was wearing full military uniform, plus carrying my training equipment and I would get off the bus, run to the train, get off the train, and then it was still, I was late and it was still a 10 minute walk, so I would run with my uniform um, as fast as I could just to show up in time for training and I would join training late. And as soon as training finishes, everyone's relaxing, talking talking about, you know, locker room talk, having fun. Um, and I wasn't the only one, other people were in my shoes as well. Um, but we, okay, now it's time to go to the to shower and go back to base and finish off the day. Um, and you know, on the way back to base, uh, you, you think to yourself many thoughts and it's annoying. It's inconvenience, inconvenient, depressing in a way, but at the end of the day, you feel good. You feel accomplished. You feel like you've done uh, more than the average person in your age has done that day. Um, so in, it's tough, but in a way it's really good. And I'm sure everyone can relate to tough days when you finish a tough day you feel good with yourself however tough it was just the fact that you can look back and say oh i did xyz and i managed even though i woke up this morning terrified of my uh day i did it and i did it well so those little things are very satisfying and when i look back i remember those days i remember showing up sweaty to practice um but it really looking back it makes me smile because it it is a good experience and then taking all those skills, I'm sure they're applicable to being an athlete and a student at the same time at Penn State. So I'm hoping you could talk a little about what it's like being a student athlete, just because for me, I'm not in that circle. And there is kind of a, I don't, maybe I could say bubble around the student athletes, just because for people that aren't student athletes, maybe we don't really know what you guys have to go through. And I'm, But in my head, I imagine there's a lot of balancing, just like you had to do when you were in the IDF, you know, like... Going to practice, I'm sure you spend a couple hours of practice a day and having to juggle classes with that and still wanting to get a good education and good get, get good grades. Like, what's that What's that like? It's, it is tough to manage, like anything in life. Um, you know, I think, for, I can speak for myself. I know it's true for many athletes as well, but I, I can speak for myself that um, priority number one is the sport, doing well in your sport. And that's all you care about. But then you have to manage the other thing, the academics that comes with being here and being an athlete. And it's, it, it is important, just it's second to the sport. Um, and it's tough to manage that expectation to do well in both uh, dimensions, but it's very doable. Um, you know, some athletes are taking harder courses than others, um, harder classes, harder majors. So not everyone's the same. Not everyone cares about the sport the same way. Um, so I think every student athlete is different. But what we have in common is that we do have to manage both these things. And it is tough. And there is a lot of expectation. You know, being at a place like Penn State, whether or not um, 
the historical performance of specific teams is good or bad, there's still an expectation here for every sport to do well. Um, so even though uh, the men's soccer team, for example, um, if they did really bad last season, that doesn't mean they're expected to be average or okay um, next season. They're expected to win every game, and you feel that as a player. Um, so regardless of how things are going, there's always that lingering pressure and expectation when you're in season, when you're out of season, always to do better and to perform and to win. And I also think that's a good thing because, you know, as competitive athletes, you want to win, you want to do well, but it's tough to manage. And I think this is being a student athlete is a great life experience for everyone who's in it and everyone who does it because it teaches you a lot, balance and how to manage life. Um, and how to manage life while performing and improving. It's not just, you know, uh, keeping the status quo and going on with life, uh, going with the flow. It's how to go with the flow and take the next leap, how to take the next step forward. Um, so those are the real special athletes. And in terms of being in a bubble and closed off um, as an athlete community on campus, it's 100% true that there is this bubble of athletes um i completely completely disagree with it i actually i've been recently trying to advocate um for athletes to open up that bubble a little bit and connect more with um these like non-athlete students at penn state and because i think that would teach us so much more about life perspective and like learn about other people like oh, not only athletes are the ones who are managing life and have busy um busy semesters like people were living here crazy with crazy lives there's people involved in so many things running for student bodies governments uh, student orgs people are living crazy lives that and athletes in a way we're put on this um pedestal where by other people as well and by ourselves and we think that we're so amazing because we're doing so much and because we have all these expectations but the truth is we just get um, we get the platform and people observe it. There's so many people who are managing crazy lives, but they just, no one's really observing them because they're not on the Big Ten network and they're not interviewed and they're not, uh, they don't get nice pictures in the newspaper. Um, so I think it'll be very cool and beneficial for athletes to step out and interact with more students. And yes, it's and I can see how from a um, non-athlete it could seem very closed off, um, a very closed off community, and why it could seem very discouraging for many to go up and try and interact with athletes. Um, and like you said, yes, it is your fault in a way, <laughs> but also it's the fault of the athletes for looking that way because even though it's not a hundred percent intentional, I think that many kind of like that ex exclusivity of being the athlete, uh, you know, invited to certain parties, invited uh, to hang out with certain people. Um, it's things that many people want. So when you're in it, it feels great and you feel um, like you're above other people, which is nonsense in my opinion. Um, so I think that I'm not sure how and what exactly, but people should definitely find ways to merge and bridge this gap between athletes and non-athletes, I think it'll help
everyone. This is a topic that I find super, super intriguing, and I think still remains very relevant in universities today. Danny Asher gave a speech at the annual State of State conference last year at Penn State, going in more depth on his perspective. And I really encourage you to go to YouTube and give that a listen right after this episode. At the time of this conversation, Danny was about to graduate from Penn State. And not only was this the end of college for him, it was also likely the end of his journey to playing soccer professionally. And I asked Danny to share his feelings about making the transition away from soccer, which has been the main focus of his life thus far, and what the next step may be professionally. I'm not sure what that something else is yet, um, but I know that I'm ready uh, to turn the page and explore other things, other opportunities. Um, and I think that soccer has taught me so much and gave me so much. And I'm thankful to soccer for everything, for the good and the bad and the ugly uh, that it's given to me. And really, sh I think soccer overall shaped me to what I am today. I've been dealing with the transition very well. You know, it's been a few months since I've played uh, competitive soccer and it's very strange um, and I miss it. But I think I reached a point where I understood that playing for Manchester United um, was a dream that maybe it's a tangible one. Maybe it was a tangible one. Maybe it wasn't. We'll never know. But I think having that dream like brought me to where I am today. Uh, without that crazy dream, I would not have taken the chances I took um, and jumping on those opportunities for my own success and my own development as a person. Um, so I do believe that sports is important because it gives you a dream if that's what you're interested in. And I think it could be anything. Whatever dream you have um, is important because you really never know uh, where it can take you. Um, you know, I'm a kid from born in London and I was, grew up in a small town in Israel, the Middle East. Um, and now um, I just graduated from Penn State. Um, I didn't even know Penn State existed five years ago. Um, and now I'm here today. So having these crazy dreams is good and excellent. And it, everyone should have them, in my opinion, whatever they are. Um, and that doesn't mean you have to achieve them. And that that. I think I finally understood that that's not my measure of success. Up until very recently, I I defined my own success as, you know, getting to, to that level of playing for Manchester United. And if I don't do that, I'll probably live the rest of my life um, upset with myself, depressed that I never reached those heights. But I think the success is, I know it sounds a bit cheesy or whatever, but the success is the journey of uh, pursuing that dream because it, took me so many places um, that I never thought I'd end up in. I met people that I never thought I'd meet. I formed relationships that I never thought I'd form. Um, so just having that dream and that goal will take you so many places that you won't even think of. Uh, five years ago, I didn't know where I would end up. Um, I didn't even know if I would uh, get accepted to university, um, get a scholarship to go to a D1 program. I didn't know. And even at times where it seemed like there's no future, there's nothing happening, everything sucks, uh, coaches are not getting back to me. At times where it just, yeah, it seemed dead. But out of nowhere, things work out. Uh, when I was 16, I wasn't expecting to get a phone call 
uh, to hop on a plane to, to Switzerland. But it did. Um, so, yeah, you really never know. I think we live in an ex exciting times, exciting, uh, especially in America. Very lucky to be here. I think everyone that lives in this country is lucky. Um, the opportunity and the life and the freedom that's in this country is just incredible. Um, so I think people have to open their eyes, see what where we live um, and have that dream and be thankful and just go for it. That was Danny Marks. He's an Israeli and served as the captain of the Penn State men's soccer team. I really loved his way of approaching life's many uncertainties because I feel like we live in a time where there's a lot of pressure from society on students in college and recent graduates to have their life ahead all figured out and planned. But like Danny said, just go after your dreams and things will always work out one way or another. It was an honor to have him on the show today and I really enjoyed our conversation. And I hope you did too. That's all for this episode. The People of LinkedIn page and podcast is produced and edited by me, Ben Yan. The artwork was done by my dear friend, Big Sam. And the original music was composed by Dan Bowden, DJ Williams, and Kevin McLeod. Thank you very much for listening, and best of luck with your own ideas.